The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Some new faces on the Steelers defense this year. Some players, well, one key player returning from injury. And you know what? Screw it. Let's just start right there at the top. We're continuing to play step forward, step back, or stand pat as far as some key names on the 2021 Steelers roster. Did the offense in a previous episode. Check that out at Steelers.com under Steelers Standard if you hadn't heard it and you want to catch up there before we get into the defense. But I want to start with Devin Bush, the man in the middle of that defense, number 55, returning from injury after playing just five weeks last season. Devastating knee injury taking him out of that Cleveland Browns game where we all have said on this episode or on this podcast before he looked like he was finally rounding into form right before that Cleveland Browns uh, accident happened, missed the rest of the season returning this year, his running mate on the inside Vince Williams looked like he was gone, but he is back now. Of course, you don't know if he's going to start or if Bob Spillane will, but it's really a lot resting on the shoulders of Devin Bush at that inside linebacker spot. And I hate to have this kind of expectations for any guy coming off of an injury of that caliber, but when you're so young, you should be able to rehab that and get back to 100% pretty quickly. They expect him to be ready for training camp this year, which is a great sign. I got to say Devin Bush is going to take not just a step forward, but a big step forward, a leap, if you will, because I think we all expected it to happen last year. And I still think it would have happened last year had he been able to stay healthy for all 16 games or at least, you know, 14, a considerable chunk of games. I think he stays healthy this year. He finally does break through that wall. We saw how he was starting to knock on that door against Cleveland before he finally went down, starting around in the form, like I said. I think he plays a majority of the year this year. I think he stays healthy. I think he just continues to grow into that athletically freak body that he has continues to to get even faster already one of the faster guys on the field and i think he's going to be an absolute anchor in the middle of that steelers defense not just in 2021 but for many years to come yeah i do too and and you kind of stole my thunder there tom i was going to say not only will he take uh, a step forward will he come forward he will take a huge step forward like a monster step forward and i think he becomes a um you know if not a pro bowler this year a guy that you look at next year is you know, you circle is, yeah, Devin Bush could definitely be a pro bowler in, in 2022. Um, but this is kind of his, I don't want to say his resurrection because we all, <laughs> we all know how good Devin Bush is and what he provides. And the Steelers wouldn't have traded up to number 10 for him if they didn't see that in him. Right. But I'm not sure, you know, household, is he a household name across the country yet? No. I think maybe he becomes one this year. Honestly, maybe out of school, high-profile school. Michigan. But, you know, yeah. that, fade, yeah, that fades sure. after a couple of years in the NFL. Right, I agree, No, I agree with you. I don't think he has that next, that second season. You know, that's when you can really <laughs> nail that, you know, into the coffin. Yeah. Right? When you can finally say, oh, I'm a star in the NFL, and he didn't get the chance to no, do that. No, he didn't, and, and that's not his fault. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder, you know, this year, um, you know, last year would we have – seen that you know what I mean he takes a huge step forward and everyone kind of knows who Devin Bush is everyone takes notice of him and 
I think that's where we're going in 2021. I think Devin Bush is due for a huge step forward. And I know, I know we said that last year too, but obviously you don't, no, you don't plan for a season ending injury. You never do. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think he is going to be the glue that holds that defense together. And, And I know that, a lot of times on this show, we haven't exactly spoken super highly of the Steelers defense, but as long as they have Devin Bush and as long as he stays healthy, I mean, he gives them their best chance to win when he's out there. I know they have other playmakers. I know they have other guys, but Devin Bush is the glue that holds it all together. Absolutely. I think in terms of value to the position, Devin Bush Bush brings as much value to his position than any other guy on regardless of the side of the ball they play for, offense or defense. And we saw that case in point was when week five against the Browns, once he went down, the Steelers were leading the league in rush yards against, and it was only, I think, 61, 62 yards against that they were allowing. And that number skyrocketed to north of 100. I mean, they they went from 60 to, I think, 50-plus of what they were doing. So it was a drastic, drastic change in the defense. And, yes, there were other pieces that were missing, such as Bud Dupree later on. But I do think that the loss of, but the loss of Devin Bush was the most, the most detrimental in terms of injury or lack of quality of play because we talked about the last episode, Ben kind of taking a step back as he got older, some of the receivers taking a step back in terms of their drops, looking at Deontay Johnson – uh, for that example, but for Devin Bush, it, it was really the most significant uh, uh, blow to this team losing him in terms of guys taking a step back on their quality of play or being out due to injury. And like you said, especially in the running defense, you saw how it really ballooned once Devin mm-hmm. Bush went out. One of the best run defenses in the NFL settled around number 11 in the league, which is still very good. You're in the top half, close to the top 10, but... It's not what they were trending at the beginning of the season when they had him in. And I think that having Devin Bush back and a healthy Devin Bush back will see the Pittsburgh Steelers get to that level of rush defense, potentially being top five run defense in the NFL this year. That front that the Steelers have is just so hard to run through. So if you have a guy like Devin Bush behind him that can clean up all the garbage that gets through it, because you can't be perfect no matter who you are in the NFL, even if you are Cam Hayward, Steph Toot, and Tyson Aloualu, it's just a, such a difference maker. It eliminates runs from turning, eliminates four yard runs from turning into six, seven, eight yard runs, big time hitters. And again, the big thing that he also, I know he's going to help with that rush defense, but I want to see him take that step forward in the playmaking category, whether that be from forced fumbles, whether that be from timely sacks, whether that be from big interceptions, you, you name it. I, I don't care. You can pick your poison as far as that's concerned. But I just hope that we have four to five plays. You know, when we're doing the Steelers standard next year at the end of the season, I hope we can look back and say there's four to five plays that were almost game-changing in nature, if not game-changing, that Bush went out and made. And he truly establishes himself as premier playmaker in the NFL on the defensive side. Yep, and I think that's something that he he will achieve this year. I mean, we've seen flashes, as you've kind of alluded to there, but it's time to see it in a full season. It's time to see it all put together in a 17-game season now. What about the guy running next to him, Bob Spillane? Not going to do Vince Williams, kind of on the back end of his career anyway. I don't think he could go anywhere else 
but Stan Pat, it's not like he's got more potential that he can reach. He's already really done a hell of a job reaching his potential over the past couple seasons with the Steelers. But it's not necessarily his job as the starter next to Devin Bush. It's up in the air whether it's going to be him or Bob Spillane. Robert Spillane became a bit of a folk hero last year after he popped Derrick Henry on the goal line. Took the worst of that hit for sure, but what a hit that was. And, and really, of course, you can't forget the Ravens game, the big right. six against just, Baltimore. It was just it the week, week, week after? It, and it was a week of just, he can't do it, can't he do it? Like, they're taking a huge step back all across talk radio in town. And, of course, naturally, he just gets a pick six right yeah. off the bat. So he, you want to talk about making a great first impression. Bob Splane absolutely did that. As far as his staying power, though, I have to question that. Uh, I see Spillane as more of a Stan Pat trending closer towards step backwards as far as I'm concerned. I mean, listen, the pedigree is just not there with the guy. He's six no. foot one. He's 229 pounds. He's, he's a run stopper, but they already have a guy who's a better run stopper in Devin Bush, and I would even think Vince Williams is a better run stopper than Robert Spillane is. Um, just doesn't have the athletic makeup to stick with the – freaks that are going across the middle in the NFL as far as coverage is concerned. I think he's not a guy you want to just kick off of your team. I think he's got a place no. in the NFL. I just think he kind of – if Bush and Williams stay healthy this year, I think even though Vince Williams was kind of in purgatory for a little bit, not knowing if he was going to be on the team or not, I still think he's very serviceable in the 2021 campaign, even if it is the last year that he is serviceable. And I think Spillane kind of fades back into more of a backup role, more of a special teams kind of role. And I think he can really carve out a nice year that way. But that's uh, why I think it's more of a stay at pat slash maybe step a little bit backwards for him. I just I just don't see his career in the NFL being a long one. No, I, I really don't either. And and I kind of see him as, um, as kind of taking a step back. And that's not – this is going to sound really, really harsh. Maybe he'll prove us wrong, too. No, so. he might. And this is going to sound really harsh, and I don't mean it to sound really harsh in this way, but I think he'll take a step back in the because of what the Steelers do with him because I do believe that he's going to end up being the starter um, at inside linebacker over, next over to Vince Bush. Williams? Yeah, I just, I just have a weird feeling that's what's going to happen. I'm not saying I'm agreeing well, with it. Step forward, then. I mean, but what I'm saying is, is it's gonna be he's going to be he could he's, lose it. He's going to be the starter about three, four weeks in. Everyone's like, "Oh boy, we we really screwed we up here. Vince, yeah. We need Vince." Then you put Vince back out there, which you know I think that would help the defense. And don't get me wrong, as you said, Tom Spillane can come in and and, and relieve Bush if or, or not Bush, but um, Williams if need be. He can play specials. He can do that sort of thing, and he can add value to your team. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be on the team or he shouldn't make the team. That's not my point. But I worry that if he's the starter, which I have a weird feeling that's what's going to end up happening, if he's the starter at inside linebacker next to Bush, he's going to completely bleep the bed, and then all of a sudden the Steelers will have to go to Vince and then what does that do to you know the stock? I guess uh, of Spillane. Obviously, it, it plummets at that point. But um, you know, I worry that that would you know kind of screw with his confidence too a little bit. And you know, if you're if you're if the guy that you are kind of replacing, if that's you know the idea, they cut the guy that you're replacing, and then all of a sudden they bring him back and he still beats you out. Um, that that doesn't exactly sound that great for Rob Spillane. No, it doesn't. And I'll I'll go one further than just saying it's going to be Vince Williams who takes over the spot. But you look at last year, 
once Devin Bush went down, it was Avery Williamson and Robert Spillane who were the starters, mm-hmm. and they weren't threatened at all by anyone taking over those spots. Sure, Vince Williams had suffered from COVID and, and some other injuries, but really they were sitting pretty comfortably at their inside linebacker starting positions. Now you have Devin Bush back. Vince Williams is now healthy enough to go out there. He's not the Vince Williams of a couple of years ago, but he's still there. But I look even one spot further to Buddy Johnson. I mean, there's a reason they went out and got a guy like Buddy Johnson, who I believe Tom said led the SEC in tackles last year at AM. I think that's, led the they were the best defense. In the they were SEC. the best defense, he led, and he, he, he led, led the yes. team with tackles. Yes. But I mean, that's an important piece so on the best defense. Yeah. So, I mean, you're no longer a guaranteed starter. You now have the actual guaranteed starter and Devin Bush back and healthy and in that position. You now you now have the guy who was ahead of you to begin with on the on the death chart and Vince Williams back. And you have a brand new rookie who was brought in with a higher round draft pick, a fourth round draft pick, to kind of challenge you in that for that for that third, I guess, spot. I mean, Kellen says he, he could be second and obviously Devin would be first and then Vince Williams is third. But I think it's a much more difficult it makes for a much more difficult position for Robert Spillane to be in because he's no longer guaranteed. So I think I, I agree with you guys. I think it's more so on the stand pad, if not take a step back uh level of play for him this year. Another linebacker that's gonna be taking a lot more onto his plate this season is Alex Highsmith, who is going to be the starter opposite of TJ Watt on the outside. I think Highsmith takes a step forward. I think that the Steelers are high on this kid. He got a little bit of a dress rehearsal last year when Bud Dupree went down, had one sack, did okay. But I mean, that was being thrown into the fire in the worst way. He wasn't going to play that much if the Steelers had any uh, plans of theirs work out as far as how they wanted the defense to look out. Of course, you don't want Bud Dupree to go down, but you know, I thought it was interesting. We had Jerry Dulac on the Mark Madden show earlier this week, and he said, you know, Highsmith's not going to come in this year, and he's not going to be what Bud Dupree was in 2020. But he is ahead of what Bud Dupree was in Bud Dupree's second year as a Pittsburgh Steeler. His development arc is faster than Bud Dupree. And I think that's really encouraging. And hearing that from someone who's been, you know, at OTAs focused on – these workouts and knows what he's talking about covering the Steelers for since as long as we've been born, honestly, in this room right now, you know, I think that that's a confidence booster in myself to say that he's going to go out there, take a step forward and establish himself as maybe not a premier player. I don't think he even has the career arc that trends that way ever in his life, but as a very good compliment and as a legitimate starter in the NFL, as a legitimate, one of the top 64 guys at that position. Sorry, I was yawning there. Not oh, that you were bored. Yeah, not that, bored not that you were bored. No, um, <laughs> but when you uh, when you talk about um, Highsmith, I do think that he takes a step forward. I will say this disclaimer though: I don't think it's going to happen as quick as some people are are expecting it to. Um, not to say that it's you two, but I'm just you're saying, saying it's going to take it's going to take within the season it, or over the career. No, it's a season. I mean, okay. it's going to take I think you know a handful of weeks. Hell, maybe ten weeks. For you to really see, okay, there's the Alex Highsmith that we are looking for. That, and that's not me slighting him. That's not saying that he can't make plays even in that time because I think he definitely has some ability. He has a lot of potential. But again, it's it's just a different workload workload for him. And I know that he got kind of a sample size last year when Bud went down. 
Um, but at the same time, now you are the guy and, and there's really not much behind you. Um, so you are, you know, not you're not the guy because you have T.J. Watt, but you are the next in command mm-hmm. to T.J. Watt mm-hmm. and you are expected to make plays. You're going to be expected to beat single coverage consistently all the time, um, because if you don't, man, I don't know what that front is going to look like, especially from the outside linebacker position. The, those rush guys, I don't know what it's going to look like. So um, I do think that Highsmith takes a step forward and him just being the starter, I think, kind of by default makes him step for, step forward. But I do think it's going to take him some time. I, I do. And that's not a slight on him. I think, as you said, Tom, he's definitely a starter in this league. And I think this year, you know, will give him um, the confidence moving forward. But I'm just saying, ease the expectation a little bit. Don't, you know what I mean? Don't expect him to be to T.J. Watt or, or Bud, Bud Dupree, Dupree, for that yeah. matter, right away. That That's crazy. It's going to take a handful of weeks for him to, to, to really – prove what he is but at the same time I still think that he's you know in that time he's going to be a serviceable starter and you know one of the as Tom said you know one of the 64 best players in that position without question yeah I mean and it helps to have a surrounding cast along with him you know we talk about the pressure that's going to be on him to kind of fill in the shoes or fill in the role or, or the hole that Bud Dupree left in terms of his production individually but you have to look at it as the front seven overall. Now with the return of Devin Bush, the unlikely departure and then return of Tyson Alualu, you have three guys in the defensive line. You have one guy opposite you and TJ Watt. You have one guy in the middle and Devin Bush, all capable at rushing the quarterback. Just because Bud Dupree isn't there doesn't mean that TJ Watt's going to get blocked up and, yeah, you're going to get forgotten about, but you're not going to be that great because we don't know how great you can be. But there's going to be opportunities for you to get to the quarterback because the offensive line can only block so many people in such such an efficient method, or at least to a degree. And just because you aren't Bud Dupree yet doesn't mean you're, you're unlikely to have a Bud Dupree esque season I think there's a lot of guys that will be out there who will be in in charge or or involved in the past rushing game and you will certainly be one and now that it's your job as Callan said you're not the guy but you are the next guy behind TJ I think that definitely leaves room for him to get more reps and in doing so kind of improve upon his game and what we saw last year in the five games or in the six games that Bud Dupree was out. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't that it wasn't similar to what we saw out of Robert Spillane, where he came out and in his first two games had the sports center, the top 10 hit on Derrick Henry, and then a pick six. He wasn't making those flashy plays, but he wasn't making mistakes that we saw Robert Spillane and Avery Williamson make down the stretch of their season. So I, I expect I, I, I'm agreeing with both of you. I expect him to take a step forward this season. Moving back towards the secondary, Cameron Sutton's going to take on a bigger role. Mike Hilton departed. Steve Nelson departed. That means two guys that were in front of him last year are gone now. Sutton's a guy that the Steelers have been high on, though. When it came down to choosing between Hilton or Sutton, uh, not going to lie, probably the cheaper price on Sutton helped a little bit in his case, but still they wanted to choose Sutton to bring back long-term, uh, or at least longer-term for a couple more seasons uh, but he's taking on a bigger role on the outside now. He'll be starting uh, opposite of Joe Hayden. I think this is a guy that honestly, 
is going to take a step forward. And the thing I'm basing that off of is kind of like if you listen to our previous episode when we talked about the offense and I said Banner was going to take a step forward, it's just the confidence from the coaching staff that I just – I trust this coaching staff and this front office so much that if they have the confidence in this guy that, you know, you're not only willing to let Mike Hilton walk, but you're also – moving Steven Nelson off your roster, you yeah. must be pretty sure that Sutton's going to be able to come in and be the number two guy pretty effectively. I think they're going to look elsewhere as far as who they sub in into the nickel package, whether that be in free agency or whether if that just is Justin Lane taking on that duty, James Pierre. But I think they feel pretty confident in Cameron Sutton stepping up and being that number two guy. Yeah, I I agree that they are confident in him. Um, there's no question about that. Why else would they do what they did in the offseason? Um, but I don't know if I am. And that's not a, a slight on what he did as a backup because when you look at his numbers, you know, last year and in and, and his tenure with the Steelers, he has been really good. I just worry that that's because of him being a backup and he's not playing all the time. He's not facing the other team's best, you know, second best wide receiver a lot of the time. That's not to say that he can't do it. And this is kind of, it puts me in a weird situation because I guess by default, it would be a step forward because he's going to be the second, you know, corner. Um, and he's not going to stay pat because he's obviously got an expanded role. And I don't know, you know, I think he'd have to really fall off a cliff in order to take a step back. Um, so I really don't know how to answer that question, but I just worry that, you know, all the numbers that he put up, the good numbers that he did, did, the good things that he did is because he's playing in situations. He's playing in different packages. He's not playing every snap defensively um, because that's realistically what he's going to have to do now is play every single snap defensively. And I just worry that, you know, if he's not to that level and he's not good enough to guard a number two on every single team, um, you know, I, I just worry that that secondary and more importantly, you know, Sutton you know, not to say he'll take a step back or he's going to be terrible, but that's my worry is that, you know, the Steelers are putting a lot of stock in what he did as a backup, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he he has put up good numbers here in Pittsburgh, but I just worry with an expanded role, it's not going to produce the same numbers. It's not Fair. going to produce the Fair. same I totally thing. get that concern. It just – it he'll either go one way or the other, right? Yeah, he'll right. either step up to the plate and the responsibility won't be too much on his shoulders or too intimidating to him, or – it. It's the opposite, or he really was better suited as the fifth guy or a rotational fifth guy alongside Mike Hilton. Is there any indication that I saw from him? No. I don't really know what which camp Sutton we're going to get. Are we going to get the guy that can't take the pressure? Are we going to get the guy that is going to make us breathe a little easier and say, okay, we thought the cornerback situation was much worse because we weren't sure how good Cam Sutton was going to be as the actual starter. And if he does step up to the plate, we'll we'll exhale a lot easier because we realize, okay, we actually have a good young cornerback who was drafted by the team. So there's a little bit of loyalty there. So maybe in terms of renewal of a contract, that'll be easier to deal with down the line. But do I I don't this is the one guy I think we've covered today across offensive defense where I really don't know if I can give an answer because I really don't know because we've seen so little of him as the starter that I really don't know what to say because of all the guys we've talked about they are either return starters or guys who should have been starters or guys that were starters only because of injury and it was just 
right place at the right time. This is the one guy I really don't know what to say about. Well, so I'm sorry. I well, can't give an answer. You punted. Well, here's a guy that you definitely will have an answer I on did because too, you've so. seen a ton of him on the field, and that's the guy we'll wrap up this episode with. Terrell Edmonds. You hear the rumors of Malik Hooker lurking around the south side, paying a visit to the Steelers. That's obviously a sign that they are at least shopping that position group, and that, to me, you know, like I said, I take a lot of stock in how these coaching staffs, what their actions are in the front office as well around these players. That, to me, at least illustrates, well, they're clearly not not comfortable with what the other guy's doing at the safety position, so it has to be Terrell Edmonds. This will be his last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers if he doesn't get that contract extension. They did not pick up his option in uh, the next season, although Colbert was pretty clear that that doesn't mean that it's something that's completely off the table for them is picking up that option. But I think it's a huge prove-it year for Terrell Edmonds. But I think he's going to stand pat, honestly. I don't think he's going to really show much market improvement. And in a way, that's kind of going to be a step backwards because I think it really, him just staying where he has been for the past four years, I think is going to really make the Steelers think long and hard about, is it worth it to bring this guy back? Is this the guy we're going to pair with Minka Fitzpatrick for the next several seasons in the secondary? Is there somewhere else we'd like to go with this position? I think those questions will be on the table after this year because I don't see him really taking that big step forward that we've really been holding our breath and waiting for ever since his rookie season. Yeah, and I think that's where I lean to. I think he kind of just stays pat. Um, And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can be a bad thing for Terrell Edmonds because um, not to say that he isn't an NFL player, he won't find himself on a roster if it isn't here in Pittsburgh in 2022. Um, It's just a worry because, as you said, they're already – you know, looking at the option of bringing in Malik Hooker. And um, I'm sure that next year in the draft, they're probably going to address that safety position. Um, they're obviously pretty happy with what Minka Fitzpatrick has done, but it's the idea of getting another guy, not to Minka's level, because that's, you know, that's a tough ask to all of a sudden get an all pro um, in the draft and know, at, you know, right off the get go. But um, it's going to be, if he stays pat, I think it's going to probably be the end of Edmonds here in Pittsburgh. And that's not necessarily to say that he's had a bad career here because he hasn't had a bad career. He won't be out of the NFL. Either. No. And he's no. going to find a job. He'll, he'll play. He'll probably start for, you know, a couple yeah, other teams in this league. There, there's no doubt. Um, he's good enough to do that. But again, we all know it's a business and, and it goes into more so about the money aspect. Are you willing to pay him for the production that he's given you? And as it sits right now, if he stays pat with what he's done in, in his NFL career to this point, it's probably a no. Now, granted, he could blow you away this year, and all of a sudden you could say, oh, maybe we need to think a little bit more. Maybe he's just a late bloomer. Maybe you need to think a little bit more about it. That could happen, but I don't see that happening. I think it's more so this year, you know, he stays pat, and he's fine, and you can just live with him. Again, we've said it a million times on the show, but when he's your weakest link, that's not too bad. I'll keep it basic. I think the the rumors of the Malik Hooker arrival – are the indication of what the Steelers think he'll do in terms of moving forward, going backwards, or standing pat. It's And it's certainly not moving forward. I think that this guy, at best, will stand pat. Now, I know on this show we've said each year he's gotten a little bit better, a little bit better, but as you guys have both laid out, it wasn't some huge leap to Pro Bowl or even second team or first team or third team All-Pro. That's not the type of player that he's shown any flashes of being. He's... 
he's been there and he's been at peace for so long, but that's also because, as we've highlighted before, there's such a lack of depth at that position besides the two starters. And if you're bringing in a guy like Malik Hooker, it's not necessarily a... It's not necessarily the, the greatest improvement you can no, make, yeah. but it's it's still, you would rather... It seems that the team would rather play interest in, in bringing in a guy like Malik Hooker than, than staying stagnant and just going with Terrell Edmonds for the future. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On our next episode, we get into the big news breaking in the NFL over the weekend. That is the Julio Jones trade to Tennessee. Whole episode dedicated to what this means for the AFC, the Titans, and what does it mean for the Atlanta Falcons as well. So make sure you tune into that. But thanks for listening to this episode. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. We'll talk to you next time.